This is Cruex by 2X, the podcast for learners. This is another episode of Cruex by 2X. I'm your host, Eunice, and this show is for all our student listeners out there. We know that studying and learning comes with its own set of challenges, but we want to help break down any mental barriers that you have set in place for yourself. This series will showcase a variety of individuals and their journeys to get to where they are now. For today's episode, our guest is Bo. So without further ado, Bo, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do? Hey, everyone. Thanks, Eunice. I'm Bo Yang. I grew up in Toronto and I went to school at Queen's University. Right now, I'm a software engineer, but I kind of took a weird path to get here. I studied life science at Queen's to begin with because I wanted to become a doctor And I think after I got my degree, I kind of realized that maybe this wasn't for me. And I switched over to computer science after doing a minor in it. So it didn't take much more studies to get another bachelor's in computer science. And after that, I moved out to the West Coast of Vancouver to work for some smaller tech firms. And about two years ago, I moved to Seattle to work for Amazon. And I just left Amazon to work for another firm in big tech. And yeah, in total, I have about like five years of work experience. And yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Wow. So you have two bachelor's degrees. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I guess we can dive into that a bit later. Uh, But for people who don't know what software developers do, could you tell them more about what they do? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So basically, a lot of our work is writing code, especially at the junior level. Basically, you work with managers and product managers and UX designers to basically do the grunt work of putting ideas into actual software. And then as you move up or as you get more tenure, you'll do more designs, like designing how code should be written or how a system should be designed. Mm. Um, And I think that's basically it for software engineering yeah is that more back end or front end the way i spoke about it kind of covers both but for me personally i'm more concentrated on back end okay so we're gonna actually backtrack a bit and focus more on your academic journey first you mentioned actually you wanted to pursue a medical degree is that something that you've always wanted to do as a kid growing up so i was pretty directionless as like a kid kid I want to be like an actor. Mm. Um, obviously, my parents <laughs> discouraged that a little bit. And I think like near the end of high school, I really had to think about, you know, what major I want to do in university. And then I think that's when my dad kind of gave me a nudge and told me about, you know, how being a doctor is like a good career. And, you know, like you get money, prestige, and I kind of just went with it without thinking about it too much. So it wasn't necessarily something you were passionate about? Definitely not. Uh, What was your academic experience like? So you mentioned that you were pretty directionless until you got to high school. Okay, I don't remember this too clearly, but I think I took like was called the Asian six pack, which was like a bunch of like math and science courses that just kind of like left your options open. So yeah, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but that's what everyone was doing. So I went with that. And then yeah, when university rolled around, I was still pretty directionless. But yeah, I think I, I kind of just concentrated on getting like high marks so that I could get into universities that I wanted to go to. 
So what was your academic experience in post-secondary like? You mentioned that you went to Queen's. That's notorious for being one of Canada's party schools. <laughs> yeah, it was it was good. I like in life science, I tried really hard to get high grades. Trying for medical school, especially in Canada, you really need to be like the best of the best. So there was a lot of stress associated with that and pressure. Was it pressure that you put on yourself or was it like peer pressure, like parental pressure? I think a lot of it came from myself and a lot of it came from peers. Uh, I think my parents, they probably saw that I was under a lot of pressure already. So they didn't put that much more on me. So that pressure was you wanting to keep up with the rest of the crew? Basically, yeah. I think like in life science, if you don't become a doctor, you have to like choose one of the other healthcare related fields. And for me, I didn't, I wasn't really interested in them. So for me, it was like do or die, like get high grades and succeed or, you know, fail. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever feel burnt out then when you would put that kind of pressure on yourself? Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely had like a few breakdowns and stuff, like especially when I got like bad test score or a bad like final grade or whatever. What did you do to kind of pull yourself out of those ruts? Honestly, not much. I kind of just, uh, you know, suffered through them. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't think there's much choice except to like keep trying. (laughs) Well, I think that's still like says a lot about your personality. There are people who just drop it off completely and give up uh, or decide to pursue something entirely different. But you made it through and you decide to pursue another bachelor's degree, which is huge. How would you speak on that experience of getting another degree after your life science degree? Okay, so uh, for me personally, the transition was pretty smooth because like halfway through my life science degree, I decided to pursue a computer science minor. So it only took me two more years of studying to get another degree. And then I also did it at the same school, which basically just involved uh, walking down to the registrar's office and saying, hey, can I do this degree as well? And then it was like a 20 minute process. So I think switching and then doing those two extra years was definitely not very hard for me. And then I was also studying in an environment where there was like not a lot of pressure. So yeah, for me, it was really smooth. How did you balance studying in your social life as a university student? I think there's this like diagram, this like Venn diagram where it's like, oh, choose to social life, uh, good grades and sleep. And yeah, I think (laughs) (laughs) it's just sacrificing other parts. Yeah, (laughs) but definitely like when it when it was like crunch time, I, you know, I wasn't going out much and I wasn't like seeing my friends at all or hanging out or partying or whatever. Mm -hmm. What is your opinion on our current like education system or education overall? I think like I'm pretty biased because my opinions are pretty shaped by my own experience. But I think at least for me, I felt like I was kind of forced to choose a career path. I didn't know much about it, like at a pretty early age. And it felt like, you know, I wasted a little bit of time trying to pursue that other degree. And then, you know, a lot of like mental and physical energy, like studying and stuff. And I think that might be more specific to med because like, you know, you have to go through undergrad, then med school and then residency. And then like, after you go through all of that, you have the first taste of what it's like to be an actual doctor. And it's like, how can a kid who's like 18 or 17 years old know that they, that this is what they want to do for the rest of their life? 
like when they don't even experience it until they're like 29 or 30 or something. Yeah, no, that's totally relatable. <laughs> Speaking on that, do you think you wish you had taken a gap year? And a gap year just to like figure out what I want to do. Yeah, like right out of high school, disregarding all social and parental pressures. Would yeah. you have taken a gap year if given the opportunity? And what would you have done with that year? Um, I think personally, I probably wouldn't have because I have like a personality type where I'm pretty scared of falling behind. Uh, so, you know, like I would kind of hate to see my friends all start their university studies and I'm just doing nothing. And I don't know if it would have helped me know more if I wanted to be a doctor or not, because it's kind of like, even though I take that gap here, uh, I don't think any doctors are going to let me shadow them or even for like other career paths, it might be like kind of hard to like actually explore without proper experience. Mm. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to transition into more career focused questions. How did you decide to become a software developer? So you did pursue that other degree. Is that generally the path that you would take after pursuing a comp sci degree? Yeah, I think the most common path after a comp sci degree is to just go into software engineering. And especially in today's market, it's like software engineers are really lucky because they're like pretty high in demand and the pay is pretty good. And I think like for me personally, how I decided was just that my first year in university, I took a comp sci course and I've never taken a comp sci course before. And I found out that I like it and it, it was pretty easy for me. Wow. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not trying to like <laughs> sound conceited or anything, but I think a lot of people, you know, they just don't really think in that way. And then for some people, it's more natural for them to think in that way. So for some people, it comes like more naturally. And like, because I found that I was good at it, I felt more comfortable pursuing a career in, in it. And for me, it's like, I'm not sure if I can be super passionate about anything that I do for work, because in the end, it feels like when you're doing something for money, it kind of takes the fun out of it. Mm -hmm. So I base my decision on, oh, yeah, I heard the job market's good. And I think I'm comfortable doing this slash doesn't put too much pressure on me or uh, mental energy on me. So it was not a super well, well thought out decision, but that's kind of what I base it on. No, I think that's a very rational thought process to decide what career to pursue. So do you think your experience at Queen's prepared you for this career? I think in my field, it's hard to use much of what you learn from school in your actual job because school is a lot of theory and writing algorithms and stuff. And then I don't know if work is like that because work might just be taking two different pieces of technology and trying to integrate them, just slapping them together, like stuff like that. But I think it does prepare you in the way that a lot of tech firms require you to have a comp sci degree or something equivalent. Right. So you at least need to get your foot through the door. It's good for interviews. So, sure. yeah. yeah. Can you tell us more about your career development and what that was like? I would say I'm still pretty early on in my career. I kind of started off doing not so desirable tech jobs in Canada. And the tech market in Canada is like not very good compared to the US. 
Right. Yeah, there's less demand for software engineers, and you get paid less. But I think at the time, I didn't really believe that I could get into big tech, and I was like pretty complacent. I'm not really sure why, but I was pretty complacent making like a lower salary and stuff.、Mm-hmm. And I think after going through two or three of these random jobs, I tried harder to apply for big tech, and then I think a combination of studying and luck, I just got a position, and then yeah. So for all our comp sci majors out there, don't settle. And if you set your mind to it, maybe luck will play in your favor. So <laughs> startup culture has been blowing up recently. I heard through the grapevine that you used to work at a startup. How does that compare to working at a big tech company? I think if you want to work at a startup, it's a little bit more like high risk, high reward. There are different kind of startups that. You could like try to work at like for example, if you try to work at a really really young startup, maybe you're like even one of the co-founders. I think the potential upside is really high, but it's also like really risky because、uh, that startup might not go anywhere.、Mm-hmm. I think most people tend to go for startups which、uh, have already gone through a few rounds of funding or like close to IPO,、mm-hmm. and then、um, I think like startup work culture is definitely. Like you can expect to work a lot harder,、uh, but then with stock options, you could potentially make a lot of money, especially during IPOs or acquisitions, and especially if your startup is like already proven to be a viable business. So I think that's what draws a lot of people to startups in my field.、Mm-hmm. For me personally, I kind of value work-life balance too much to want to work in that kind of environment. Yeah, that's a really valuable point that you brought up. This whole work-life balance discussion. I think that's also a topic that's being discussed a lot lately, especially in business schools or business courses. They have a really strong emphasis on prioritizing your values and having this sort of balance. But moving on, this one's a bit more. It's a more fun question. But do you think tech life is as glamorous as people make it out to be? Uh, do people actually make tech life out to be glamorous? <laughs> uh, well, you did mention the money is a bit of an incentive. Yeah, the money. I, I would say the money is good, but for me, you have you have to go to like one of these tech cities, and all your friends are in tech, and you know, like it's it's really hard to escape the tech bubble.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess, like, I mean, definitely the money is like a really big incentive. I'm not sure. Like sometimes it feels like when I'm here, I either really root myself in the city, or my life is kind of being put on hold because I'm kind of just here to make money, and then I'll move somewhere else.、Mm. So I think there's like a lot of like aspects that people don't really think about too much when they're trying to like go into software engineering. Well, I mean, with that said, I can't really complain too much because in the end, Seattle is a great place to live, and I could be in much worse situations. You did mention this tech bubble. Can you tell us more about your thoughts on it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think like the major tech hubs, like Seattle, San Francisco, the Bay Area, New York, a lot of them like have, you know, like such a strong tech culture where like all the company offices are located in one part of downtown, and then like basically like everyone who works there and lives there is like a transplant, comes from a different city. So it's kind of hard to like actually live in you know the city and not be a part of tech. 
basically everyone you meet or like 95% of people you meet will be in tech. And then most likely all your friends will be in tech unless you really like try and make an effort to not do it that way. Right. So I think if you do do something like I did, you're going to see, you're going to like meet a lot of clones of yourself and then <laughs> everyone will, you know, like be from somewhere else. And it's like kind of hard to make friends with, especially with people who are like more established in the city. Mm. And if you do make friends with other tech people, they're like also very like transient. They might just like decide to move back home or like find a better job in a different city. So yeah, I think there's like a lot of downsides of being in this tech bubble. Oh, uh, yeah. It's definitely something to consider if tech is something someone is looking to pursue. You mentioned that you worked at Amazon and now you're currently at another big tech company. And these companies are companies that are highly sought after for fresh grads or anyone who's in tech. Um, how did you prepare for these interviews? I know that they're really competitive and quite grueling. Yeah. So right now, preparation is basically just do two things. Read uh, Cracking the Coding interview, which is like basically the golden standard for prepping for tech interviews, or just read something like pretty similar to that book. Mm-hmm. And then also do a lot of the code questions. The code is like a site where basically they give you a lot of mock interview questions, which are more technical, and they give you an environment where you can actually like write code and try to solve these problems to get evaluated. Mm-hmm. So basically for me, just writing a ton of the code And then obviously if you're lacking in your speaking skills, like try to like talk through your solutions while you're doing them at least. Okay. This is kind of like more for like entry level tech. Mm-hmm. And then like later on, you, you might have to do more like system design focused questions, but that's kind of a whole different thing. I see. Why did you decide to leave Amazon? For me, it's a few like more personal reasons. I, still feel like I'm pretty early in my career despite working in Canada for a few years mm-hmm. because I feel like the experience I gained back in Canada wasn't as relevant as something that I can gain from big tech. So right. yeah, for me, it's like building up my resume, getting a more diverse set of skills and experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think if you want to move up quickly in your career, this is a little bit taboo, but it's better to like hop around companies and not show too much loyalty to any particular one employer. Mm, especially when you're just starting out. Yeah, exactly. Is there anything you wish you had known before starting your career? Um, I guess the main thing was that I think I could have studied harder and believed in myself more. So maybe I could have like started out in big tech instead of spending a few years in Canada, not doing much. <laughs> Is there a common myth about your profession or field that you want to debunk for our listeners? I guess I'm not too familiar with the common myths about, you know, tech. Mm-hmm. Do you have any that you, you know, in, in mind? Mm, that tech people are really, really cool. <laughs> cool? Oh, I, that's definitely a myth. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah. I currently study at UBC and a lot of my friends are pursuing a degree in comp sci and every single day they're always, you know, staying up late working on their code or their assignment and they're just complaining about how much of a struggle it is. I would say don't stress too hard uh, because at the end of the day, the most important thing about getting into a good job is like your interview skills. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) 
if you don't understand something in class, it's probably not the end of the world. It just, yeah, just focus on brushing up your interview skills. Are there any resources that you would recommend for students or that you think really helped you out along the way? I guess at least for me, like the, they're just more interview focused and it would just be the two that I mentioned earlier. So cracking the coding interview of the book and leadcode.com. Mm. All right. This question's a bit more fun. I'm sure students are actually quite interested to know what the work culture at Amazon was like. Could you tell us more about that? Um, so Amazon is like a really, really big company. There's a lot of different like branches yeah. and your work culture. And I, I guess like I'm speaking from the perspective that most of your work culture is like your team culture. So your team culture can be very diverse as well. Basically, if you get lucky, you might be able to find yourself on a team where there's not much pressure or like, it's kind of just like an experimental passion project for like upper management where, you know, you're not really expected to like hit certain numbers, success metrics, and you're just coding like almost like for fun. And I would say the work culture, or like the pressure is like very low, but at the same time, you can find yourself, for example, at a very established like AWS team where the work culture can be a lot of pressure. And if something goes wrong, you have to scramble to fix it. And you have certain numbers that you need to hit certain quotas or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's very diverse and Amazon does kind of have a, like a bad reputation in that, <laughs> that area. So I think that there's definitely some truth to it, but at the same time, you know, you could, you could get lucky as well. Previously, you mentioned that you value your work-life balance a lot. Do you ever have moments where you feel burnt out now? Uh, while you're working and uh, is there something that you do to kind of mitigate that there's definitely moments yeah uh i think i kind of put a lot of pressure on myself to you know reach the targets that i set or like you know my team expects of me mm-hmm. so yeah when a deadline is coming up then i would feel a lot of pressure and a lot of that was also kind of a driving force for me to like leave amazon I see. um I don't think it really affects me as much as other people. I kind of just deal with it. I just put in some extra hours or, uh, you know, I might sleep a little less, but I don't think there's like strategies, really big strategies that I can, you know, recommend to other people. You're just a very adaptable individual. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know about that, but... All right, we're going to move on to some get to know you questions, a bit sure. more personal. But how do you define success? And do you think that you're successful now? I think success is like success is kind of different for everyone. Of course. And I think part of it is just knowing what you want out of your career. A lot of people, you know, they want to do something that helps people or like they want to, you know, follow their passion. For me, I wouldn't say this is the only thing, but I'm pretty driven by money. And I guess like for me, my career is mainly kind of just to like fund what I want to do with the rest of my life. So I think, yeah, in that sense, I do feel like I'm in a good place right now. And I'm like pretty lucky to be, you know, where I am. But yeah, I don't think that's a good thing to take away from what I just said I think like if you're the kind of person who you know wants to chase your passion that's that's you're gonna have a very different idea about success than me 
of course. But I think that's still a totally valid answer, like finding a means to be able to do what you enjoy, um, because hardly anything is free in this world. <laughs> is there anything that you're currently working towards career-wise? Like, do you have a new career goal for yourself at the moment? I think basically it just involves getting better at what I do and moving to more senior positions within software engineering. Mm. Um, so, yeah. All right. Uh, the next question is actually from our operations manager. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Well, <laughs> I don't know if it's a, a cop out to just say cracking the coding interview again. <laughs> I don't know. I, I tend to not really read much like self-help books. Right. If that's what you're talking about. I do read a lot of fiction. Um, What's a book that you've been enjoying lately? Just any book. Any book. Okay. So uh, The Paper Menagerie by Ken Lee. It's like this collection of short stories. And a lot of them have to do with like the Asian American experience. So I think it's like a pretty good book to like, uh, it's like easy to pick up. Um, it's also really relevant, especially during these times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, thank you both for your time. That was a really insightful conversation that we had. Uh, do you have any final messages you'd like to say for our listeners? Yeah, I guess like if you're a student, you know, like I think it's pretty important for, you know, students to like really think about uh, what they you know, could potentially do in the future. And um, yeah, it could like end up saving you a lot of time. And for, I guess, like students who are trying to be software engineers, don't stress too much, uh, just grind the code, <laughs> uh, read Cracking the Coding interview and yeah, don't give up and believe in yourself. Amazing, very wholesome. Um, all right, so we're gonna wrap it up here. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. To all our listeners, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at 2X Education to learn more about 2X and to keep up with our updates. And yeah, that's all for today. We'll catch you on the next episode of 2X by 2X.